Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Mark's gospel. The 13th chapter in this morning, I want to share with you verses 24 through 37 and ask you to stand in reverence of the reading of the gospel. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then He will send out the angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you will know that He is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about the day or the hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey who leaves his home and puts his slaves in charge each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cock's crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray together. God, open our hearts and our minds by the inspiration of Your Holy Spirit, that as Your Word is proclaimed on this day, we would receive it with joy. Amen. So I will give you fair warning that in the first service, the sinuses overcame me and I got this coughing fit. And so I've got a cough drop in, so I hope that will get me through the next uh, few minutes. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is a Latin word meaning Adventus or coming or to visit. And Advent is the four Sundays before Christmas and it, it ends on Christmas Eve. Advent for us as followers of Jesus for the church is the beginning of a new year. So look at your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Seems kind of odd, doesn't it? But today is the new year. I don't know about you, but I love Advent. I love this morning walking into the sanctuary and all three spaces of worship and just looking at the trees and and the lights and the ornaments and the greenery and the candles. But Advent is more than just lights and trees and greenery and candles. Advent for us as followers of Jesus, Advent for us as people of the church is a time of preparation, a time of anticipation. A time for preparing and anticipating the ways in which Christ is going to come anew into our lives. It's also a time of cleaning away all the clutter so that there is room for Christ 
and room for the message of Christ to take root in our hearts once again. Advent's a time when we wait and we look forward to Jesus entering our life anew in unexpected ways right here and right now in our daily lives. If you listen closely to the Gospel lesson a moment ago, some of you may be thinking this passage is a a little out of place for the first Sunday of Advent. For the beginning of the holiday season, how is it that we read a Scripture that doesn't celebrate the birth of Christ, but instead focuses on the second coming of Christ? In this season of joy, in this season of happiness, the Gospel lesson this morning seems to be filled with a lot of gloom and doom. And I have to be honest with you and tell you that 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 was my thoughts initially too. My thoughts were, that's not a Scripture that you want to start Advent with. But I kept reading the passage over and over. And, And finally it dawned on me that maybe... Just maybe there is something in this passage that we need to hear. Maybe, just maybe, there is something in this passage that is going to prepare us for God's coming to us again on this Christmas season. I invite you in your own Bibles this afternoon or, or maybe later in the week to, to pull up this passage and go back and reread it and read looking at it through a new lens, looking for words that, that jump out at you, depending on what translation you're reading, uh, there will be passages or, or words or phrases like, be on your guard, be alert, heads up, pay attention, you don't know exactly when God's going to show up, stay awake, that's how the passage ends. And as I read through those words and phrases, as I read through that passage over and over again, I began to see that maybe there is something we need to hear in this passage as we prepare for Christmas, as we prepare for Advent. If your life has been anything like mine the last couple of months, you're probably saying to yourself, how in the world did we get to this time of the year already? I'm not ready for Christmas. I'm not ready for Advent. It's interesting to me that this time of the year, this time that is supposed to be filled with such joy, sometimes turns into the most stressful time of the year. We begin to worry about all kinds of things, don't we? Like I promise you, some of you worried this past week about getting your house ready and clean for company and family to come. Did anybody worry about that and stress over that? Yeah, right? It's amazing how we worry and stress over getting our house clean for our family to come over. If you had not worried about that yet, you will. Or you'll start worrying about making sure that you gain or get the perfect gift or present for your friends and loved ones. And that you don't forget anybody, right? And you'll start worrying about, well, I need to get the Christmas letter or the Christmas email or the Christmas cards out. Then there'll be one more worry after another. And all of this worry, all of these things that we we think we have to do during the holiday season do nothing but drag us down and wear us out. I saw a sign last week that sums up the holiday season for many of us. 
It said, Merry Christmas. Let the stress begin. Merry Christmas. Let the stress begin. There's something wrong with that in my mind. That was not the original intent of Advent. The original intentions of Advent was to prepare ourselves spiritually. Not to wear ourselves out physically and emotionally, but to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the love of God into our lives all over again. DeWitt Jones was a a photographer for uh, National Geographic magazine for over 20 years. If you've ever read National Geographic, you've probably looked at some of Jones's photographs. In an interview one time with Jones, uh, he was talking about his experience of being a photographer with National Geographic and how it gave him a worldwide view of being able to look for possibilities. He said, I I used to believe that old adage that I won't believe it until I see it. But then I learned that that was not how it should be. He said, if we believe that way, that we're looking at things backwards. He said his new motto was, we won't see it until we believe it. We won't see it until we believe it. So I began to think about Advent season. I couldn't get that quote out of my head. We won't see it until we believe it. How easy is it to think about Advent and Christmas in the context of materialism and commercialism and all the stressors that come along with this time of the year. I wonder if perhaps we have somehow decided to focus on the wrong things. Many times we focus on what Christmas has become and what is wrong with this season. Somewhere along the way we've lost our ability to focus on what is right and good and important during this time of the year. And so maybe we need to have a mindset shift. Maybe we need to think how we approach this Advent and Christmas season. What if in the midst of the hectic pace and the long checkout lines and the crazy traffic and the grumpy people, we look for something else this year? There are so many things that are right and good and sacred about this time of the year. Advent is all about preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus. God becoming human and and dwelling among us. So what would happen if? What would happen if we decided this year to celebrate what is truly right with Christmas? What is truly right with Advent? And what if we took it a step even further? What if we asked God not only to help us see and celebrate what is right about this time of the year, what if we asked God to give us new eyes to see? To see what is right about our families and our church and our jobs and our communities and ourselves. What if What if we ask God to suspend our critical eye and our critical ear, those those things that many times make us focus on the negative? And for the next few weeks, what if we ask God to help us see the best in all that is surrounding us? 
Remember, you won't see it until you believe it. So what would happen if we did those things? Don't you think our Advent and holiday and Christmas season would be a lot better? If we looked at it through new eyes. If we looked at it not at the negative, but looking at the positive. Looking for those things that are good and holy and sacred and right with this holiday season. Over the last couple of years, liturgy has become uh, uh, another uh, thing that I can use in my everyday spiritual life to help me focus. And I use a book called Every Moment Holy. There are a couple of them out there now. But this past week I got an email that tied all of this sermon together. It's a liturgy to mark the start of the Christmas season. And I want to share these words with you. It says, as we prepare our house for the coming Christmas season, we would also prepare our hearts for the returning of Christ. You came once for your people, O Lord, and you will come again. Though there was no room at the end to receive you upon your first arrival, we would prepare you room here in our hearts and in our homes. As we decorate and celebrate, we do so to mark the memory of your redemptive movement into our broken world, O oh God. Our glittering ornaments and Christmas trees, our festive carols, our scrumptious feasts. By these small, small tokens, we affirm that something amazing has happened in time and in space. That God, on a particular night, in a particular place, so many years ago, was born to us as an infant king, as our prince of peace. Our wreaths and our ribbons and colored lights, our giving of gifts, our parties with friends, these have never been ends in themselves. They are but small ways in which we repeat that sounding joy first proclaimed by the angels in the skies near Bethlehem. In view of such great tidings of love announced to us, and to all people, how can we not be moved to praise and to celebrate during this Christmas season? As we decorate our tree, and as we feast and laugh and sing together, we are rehearsing our coming joy. We are making ready to receive the one who has already with open arms received us. We would prepare your room here in our hearts and here in our homes, Lord Jesus. Now we celebrate your first coming, Emmanuel, even as we long for your return. O Prince of Peace, return soon. We miss you so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.